Have you ever done volunteer work? Um, it's an interesting thing to do. Now, uh, okay, so let's let's start way back. I think the first time I remember doing like legitimate volunteer work um, was in middle school. I'm trying to think, it's hard to say, right? Because in school, you know, you're a part of like groups or clubs that may have activities or events and it may include volunteer work but they're kind of sneaking it like you don't even realize that what you're doing is volunteer work because you're told to do it by someone who volunteered for you (laughs) as a kid you know so it's not like really you doing it but I do remember like in uh, elementary school everything I did that would have been considered volunteer I don't I don't think it was volunteer because, again, it was like I was being obedient, just following whatever my teacher or my class or our group or our club or event was doing. But in middle middle school, I was a part of um, Junior National Honor Society, right? Is that what it's called? Right. And then it's National Honor Society when you're in high school, I believe. Anyway, so, yeah, I was a part of that. And... um, I remember I was in a lot of clubs in middle school. I was in the chess club. Um, I was in sports. I was in football, and and I played tennis. And then I tried um, cross country, which I quickly went over to track after my first almost event in cross country because I was like, yeah, this is not for me. So I was in sports, and then I was in a lot of clubs. And I remember being in pre-cal. Um, pre-calculus and like I said the chess club which I actually enjoy the chess club I I met some people there that truthfully I never would have talked to if I wasn't in chess club but it was all right so anyway I did that and then um junior national I feel like I'm not saying it right but yeah honor society and um I remember in that one you had to like vote to be like the treasurer and like you know, the, I don't know, the organizer, and I don't know, they had, like, different things you can be a part of, so, obviously, I didn't stick it out, but while I was there, I think, I'm trying to remember, I, I can't remember if I was the treasurer or not, but I was given some form of title, and I did not live up to whatever that title was at all, and I remember our first event was to do some form of, man, I'm trying to think of the name, but it's it's it has a name like when you do this service i don't remember basically we put on vests and we went and cleaned up trash and that was the it that was the end for me i was like yeah this is cool for a little bit but i'm gonna get out this ain't for me i'm not gonna do this um i don't know i just wasn't feeling it it wasn't like the other club like chess was fun i got to like just play chess all day or you know the hour or two that we were there and and uh for the club and then we went and played other schools which is cool which i didn't even realize is like this big old competition i was just doing it for fun because my dad played chess and i played chess so i was a chess player for that period of time and so uh tennis was a lot of fun i treated that as a club i didn't treat that as as a sport not to say it's not a sport it absolutely 100 percent is it's intense actually but um, I got in it with a few football buddies and we just kind of did it for fun, but it ended up being like off the hook. Like tennis was a lot of fun. Um, and I went to like two actual, like 
I guess, I don't know what you call them in tennis, games or events, whatever. And we were literally just swinging the junk out of those rackets. Like, we, we weren't strategic in any way. It was just like we were just going to hit the tennis ball as hard as humanly possible. That was, like, what we did. So we weren't real tennis players. But it was it was still fun. And then back to the volunteer stuff, when I did that for the Junior National Honor Society, man, I am second-guessing myself so much. I feel like that's not what it's called. I feel like it's National Junior. No? No, it's probably. Is Junior even in it? I don't know. In middle school, I don't know. Because I'm pretty sure it is. And then in high school, it becomes the regular without the junior. I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. But anyway, um, yeah, so when I was in that, we did that little volunteer thing with the vest. And, like, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to volunteer no more. I don't like this. And then after that, you know, I don't really remember much. Um, I was in GT, gifted and talented, and we we went to, like, schools and stuff. But those were field trips. They weren't, like, volunteer work. Um, I know... Yeah, that was it for me. That was it for me. I didn't really do much outside of that. And then as an adult, you know, you learn about, well, more so actually, let me, let me, it's not some, as an adult, I guess if you like buy a house and you um, meet the HOA, you know, you can be a part of the HOA and there's a lot of volunteer time meet. And what I'm getting at is you don't get paid to do this stuff. You know, you're doing like work, like actual labor or you're doing something that helps other people your neighbors or your community or something but you're not getting paid for it you know it's just kind of like oh yeah he, he volunteered his time to do these things and you know i remember the hoa came up and i was like uh yeah right you know i'm not gonna do nothing for y'all i'm just gonna cut my grass so i can avoid getting charged or put my garbage can on the side of the house because you guys are sticklers for us putting it in front of the garage or whatever so uh I didn't do anything with HOA, but then in, uh, what is it called? When you have kids and they start going to school, now in public school, they have, um, what is it called? You know what it's called. Starts with a P, the PTSD. No, I'm just kidding. It's, uh, what is it called, man? I don't remember. Obviously, I never joined it. Now, I almost joined the watchdog committee i don't know what it was called but it was like a a group of basically dads it was like dads at the school or dads of kids that went to the school can join this group and they can like volunteer to be there and hang out at the school or they can go to field trips and um i remember wanting to be a part of that like really badly actually and i was trying to get a hold of my schedule so so i could help and um I, i never ended up doing it uh, well, I went to the field trips. I did do that, but I didn't. I didn't join uh, the group and help out at the school much. And then PTA, there it is. PTA is like when the parents can meet up with uh, the school and they have meetings and they discuss what they can do better. And there's a lot of volunteer time going on. But the most passionate people are going to be the ones with no jobs and the availability to be there. And then the real, like, I guess, propel to really help is those with money with resources so they have time and money and just resources from vehicles to being able to purchase things that that the school might need or be there for all this stuff and those are the people that usually get really involved and um it usually starts off for the kid right it's kind of like hey i'm gonna get involved to help out my kid and my school and my kid's school but then it kind of turns into like 
like notoriety like I'm doing this for the pat on the back and for people can see that I'm I'm doing this and so volunteer work is very interesting when I got saved and started going to a, a church um I learned about ministry and I never pieced together that ministry and volunteer work were the same thing because to me, ministry was like this holy, sacred thing, which it, it, it is actually. I mean, if you read your Bible, you'll, you'll read that ministry is not something to take lightly. Um, it's, it is a very serious thing, actually. But it's hard to identify the and, and sometimes differentiate what is ministry in your life. Now, if you read your Bible a whole lot and you... Uh, read read certain books multiple times you start to kind of ingrain the word of god in your life and you start to see that almost everything you do is ministry and uh so i guess an example would be as uh as a young married couple um not every young couple understands this but that their marriage is a ministry you know like the husband taking care of his wife that's his ministry the wife taking care of her husband that's her ministry it's not really viewed like that it's just kind of like oh well that's my spouse i'm gonna be there you know i did my vows and my vows said i'm gonna be here till death do us part you know and through the thick and thin and all that stuff but the truth is um taking care of your household is a ministry and your household is your family it's it's uh it's not necessarily just doing honeydews and chores around the house it's actually taking care of the people within your home and uh, this meant a big deal like in early bible days because your household would have been like you would have workers you know like you would have your your home and like your tents where you're at and then you would have your workers tents and you guys would be working fields or you would have farming and you would have um sheep you would have animal and livestock and you would have people who take care of that livestock and and like your household was all of that everything in between so all of that was considered a minute your job believe it or not is considered a ministry and it's not necessarily your trade that is the ministry but it is who you are at your job site and how you allow others to see you at your job that is considered a ministry and um so back to the volunteer stuff in in a church um you know when you first come and it, it it's it's really hard to say because there's so many different religions and different churches and how they do all their stuff but so in, in catholic church from what i remember as a kid i just remember seeing a catholic church was built there is a priest there is like deacons or whatever. There is other, you know, levels of whatever you want to call it. The, their, their patriarchy, you know. The, the, and so there is um, altar boys and all kinds of in-betweens, nuns and whatever, right? But the church, from my understanding, it was like some dude applies for that position, gets that position as the priest, and then there's already a staff. Basically, Now, I, I could be wrong. I don't really know because I didn't, you know, excel in the uh, in my catechism school and learn how the clergy did things. But I do know that um, when I saw a church get built, there was already a staff there. Like the church was was 
built and there was a regular staff. There was nuns, there was priests, there was teachers, you know, um, it was all there already. And there was, they already had like everything well established from how funerals were going to be done, everything, everything. Um, in the Christian church, um, if they are very literal with the biblical terms, which most real Christian churches are as far as sending people out, um, they will send a couple out or a family out and a man and a woman and their family may will go out and start a church from scratch. This means they go and look for a building and, you know, they may get funded some, but they are they aren't given a staff. They aren't. They are the staff. They are everything, you know, and. And over time, as regular churchgoers become regular, these people start coming regularly to that church. The church will grow and flourish, and the and the you know the the hope is that people are going to be giving to that church uh, money. They're gonna and that's going to be like the money for the church, and then that will in turn create disciples, and this will create people who want to come. And this is where the volunteer comes into play. All of a sudden there's these people that are volunteering their time they're not getting paid to be at the church and to be available and be ushers now this is very different in a lot of churches there's some like i I explained what i understood very little knowledge i have of a catholic church but there's other christian churches especially the infamous mega church which kind of follows the same suit of building a huge building already having a lot of money and hiring a staff, hiring pastors and assistant pastors. And so by the time the building is put up, there's already a full-blown staff available. They can sub out musicians and uh, sound men and video crewmen and, and uh, you know, all the in-betweens are kind of like a business. It's, it's very much like a actual business. And uh, it's established as the way a firm or a, uh, you know, a full-blown facility would be, and um, if that's that's kind of like the mega church idea. But in our our fellowship, the way we do things, and the way most other uh, traditional, I guess, Christian churches do it, or modern, I don't know, I don't know what to call it. But again, Christian churches that kind of follow the biblical uh, like verses and terms of how a church should be ran, which, for the record, can be found in the Book of Acts and so on. Um, because it was after, from the book of Acts moving on, really after the, the death and resurrection of Jesus, when the church became a real thing. Before that, it was like very religious and tabernacles and, and um, traditional cultural traditions and, and just following what the old book said and the Moses law. And Jesus came and changed that. So you should read the Bible, actually. It explains all this very well. So anyway... Um, in so now with the church with the way they do things it's 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 a lot of just volunteering it's a lot of just showing up now people are people and so what they want to do is they want to organize this and create this and it's it's a it's a gray area because Jesus himself you know his church if you will was his disciples and the people who followed them as a group of people while he was ministering his ministry um, was you know walking from going from town to town and constantly preaching and getting people to serve God and and that was it it wasn't he didn't show up and build a building and create an establishment and create titles and, and he didn't do that you know he was roaming the earth he was going from town to town city to city and preaching and 
just getting people saved left and right. That was his, his whole thing. So it was people after the fact when they started to build churches, like actual, I'm not just talking about buildings, but I'm talking about like uh, people. Like they started to build like a group of following, you know, and they would say we're going to meet regularly, the assembly, you know, and they would assemble and meet together and they would uh, worship and in song and they would uh, read scripture and then they would encourage each other like we need to talk to more people and where they got sermons from well they got that from jesus because jesus himself gave out a lot of sermons and some of his sermons just came out of conversation you just having conversation and then boom talk about the ultimate volunteer you know like he was just like he would be hanging out i mean some of the most popular stories of his ministry was him talking to people and then a crowd would gather and then boom he's there he he went from answering questions into uh you know fulfilling um what's curiosity and people's like interest to all of a sudden he is in a full-blown sermon and there he is he's and he's given parables which are illustrations you know they're they're um relative stories like stuff something that people can relate with and and some of them were just just exactly that they were just stories that explain you know the difference in, in illustrations and then there's other ones where like that were full full-blown like actual events and he can say you know this is like the gospel and and i mean that all came from jesus before that it was very literal like moses's law which was what one of the longest laws to to exist from from like how people followed uh, because you know they had the Torah. I mean, you got to read all this stuff. I'm not, I can't explain all this stuff. Okay? I can't do everything for you. All right. I mean, you got to go and read your Bible. But but the the first five books of the Bible, known as the Torah, um, is is what people followed for a very long time. And um, as as time continued, of course, other books were written. Um, and so that's where you get all your, the extra, uh, it, well, it wouldn't have been 60 books. It would have been a little less because you think, anyway, I'll do the math later, but some 40, 50 odd books would have been written in, in the time period in between, right. And being pieced together with the texts that eventually become the Bible. So, um, what happens is when jesus and his disciples were doing what they were doing the disciples didn't realize this was a ministry they saw this as i'm volunteering my time i'm gonna follow jesus and just do what he says and be obedient and then it became clear that this is full-blown ministry now most of them it is true most of them would have known when they identified jesus is in fact the actual messiah they would have an understanding that says oh hold up this is the Messiah we have been talking and praying about and, and, and going to a lot of uh, Jews in the time of when Jesus showed up were very well educated in all of the books that were written at the time to be considered like the holy books, which would eventually become the full blown Bible. But they would understand that, oh, snap, the revelation of this is the Messiah. And then, boom, they understand now this volunteer time is indeed ministry. And that's why it was so urgent for them to to be very serious about it. And the reason is because Jewish boys specifically, they were um, born and raised into being taught Jewish tradition and culture. And that included understanding the holy books, you know, the holy texts and the scriptures. And 
um, this this would be like you and I going to regular public school and learning like the pledge. Well, I'm talking about America here, but learning like the Pledge of Allegiance and and your, maybe your state um, your state allegiance. You know, just when you uh, do, I'm trying to think of what that's called. Honor the Texas flag. Anyway, when like when you would go and learn some basic public school knowledge, that would be what it would be like for. Jewish boys, they would all learn this stuff and know this as grown men, and they would all, even if they never paid attention, a lot of it would be there. It's like the Pythagorean theorem for public school or anybody that I guess learns math in school. It's like something that's like, how do you even know that? Well, because I went to school, and it's it's just in me now. Anyway, so I say all of that because. Um, uh, there comes a point where you realize in the church that volunteer work is primarily ministry work. And this is a big deal because it, man, how do you differentiate? You know, you need to differentiate how, how has something become more important? How, when does it turn from, I'm just a volunteer just doing this to do it versus this is a ministry and I'm going to take this very serious and I'm going to help in absolutely every way I can possible. And I'm going to I'm going to be very serious about it. I'm going to treat this like a ministry, like something holy and sacred. And um, when people offer to help, they may start off with the idea like, yes, I want to help in the form of ministry. But then when you get used to it, then it becomes something that's just volunteer work. And when it's just volunteer work. And it's not that that passionate ministry that it's meant to be. Well, you, you that's the problem. You lose out on the passion. And when you lose out on the passion, well, you don't offer your best anymore. And it's kind of unfortunate because most of us will offer our best when money is involved. So if it's our job, we will say things like, I take pride in my work. And so does that apply when you're just volunteering your time? And more times than not, more often than not, it will be, well, no, because I'm not getting paid for it. I'm just doing my best to volunteer. Therefore, why would I apply my best? Because it's not for money. And in the form of ministry, it's like, well, ministry is essentially sacrificing to say, I'm absolutely going to provide my 110%. I'm going to do better than what I would do if... Um, I was getting paid to do this. And so uh, it's, 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 not, it's not that it's very confusing. It's just that it's easy to lose track. So to all those volunteers out there, all of those that are involved in a ministry of some sort, whether it's sound man or video or, uh, or you know, there is no title. There is no title. You're just showing up and helping out. You know, you're just being available and willing. The biggest prayer I have is to not get burnt out on what you're doing. Because here's the thing. It is very easy to get burnt out on not just volunteer work, but even working a job. People who work a job and get paid to do what they're doing and are able to fulfill paying their bills and paying um, you know, everything in between and just having money to spend money, like have spending money. And we live like Kings and Queens today in comparison to what people lived like a hundred years ago, you know? So, but, um, anyway, you can get burnt out and in ministry, the idea is that you shouldn't get burnt out. And there's a reason for this. 
Um, the reason is because when in prayer, um, you realize that God meant what he said when he said that he gives the gift, not just of eternal life, but also those who thirst will never thirst again. You know, when he says things like that, what he's saying is that you will never feel or yearn for something anymore. Now, in heaven, that's going to be completely obvious and easy to understand here on Earth. Well, you got to work for it. You know, you got to work to maintain that sense of I'm I'm not going to thirst anymore. I'm not going to hunger anymore. I'm not, I'm not talking about in a literal sense, obviously. It's all figurative. And the idea that when you're volunteering your time, instead of getting burnt out, if you have a prayer life, there's a big portion of this. If you have a genuine, sincere prayer life, then you won't feel burnt out. You may feel burnt a little bit physically especially if you're doing some form of labor and beating your body up because uh, this is actually a very good illustration if you are doing something that beats your body up then if you're going to prepare for that thing you would make sure that you have proper resources i'm talking about plenty of water plenty of fluids you got food in your stomach you're taking care of your body you're working out you're conditioning yourself to be available so that if you're putting your body to use if you're doing like manual grunt labor stuff then you're preparing yourself for that or if you're doing a trade of some sort and you're practicing and you're learning and you're constantly trying to get a hold of it well it, it's the same way on a spiritual sense that if you're going to minister constantly and the way you prepare and condition yourself is prayer it's not from just getting good at what you do that's a part of it yes but another part of it is believing that in areas where I don't know what to do, God will step in. In other words, instead of having complete faith in my flesh alone and who I am, I'm having faith in what God can do for me or through me, even in areas when I don't know what to do. And that is the perfect formula for ministry. That is when you no longer are getting incredibly annoyed every time someone has a tedious ask or question. And if you are, well, you need to pray because prayer will help you understand, okay, this is a ministry. I need to treat this sacred. Now, people are people and I get it. Sometimes the requests can be ridiculous and, and what annoys you isn't that they're asking. It's the way they are asking. Some people can take advantage of you. Some people can treat you wrong and uh, you know that's not right especially if you're ministering and somebody's like expecting so much out of you all the time but at the same time part of ministry is controlling yourself and not necessarily having control of those around you and it's a big deal so if you're going to volunteer or you're going to become a, a minister of some sort that's the thing a lot of people who volunteer don't consider themselves ministers but in hindsight realistically you are a minister because you're involved in something at some capacity and other people are watching you and that's that's another big portion of where ministry plays out is the example you become when people are watching you and how you respond and if you're proactive and what you do in certain areas it's a lot it's a lot more than just saying yeah i'm available i got some time maybe that's how it starts but eventually it becomes a whole vast ginormous universe sized picture and everything kind of plays out together and um 
I've I've been in ministry essentially the entire time that I have been saved. You know, um, now my first like six plus months, I view I saw ministry in front of me and wanted to be a part of it, but I never consider that I could be a part of it. I, I really felt like that's for like holy people. That's for people with certain demeanor or title or rank. And um, that's just what I, I felt in my heart. Like I just felt like I don't deserve that. And truthfully, anybody who ministers, they are undeserving. The, the, the truth, I mean, that's the truth. The truth, if they were very honest with themselves, they can look at what they do and say, I don't I'm not righteous enough to be doing what God asks me to do. But that's what makes a ministry. It's not you. It's God working through you. Uh, These are all these revelations that you obtain while reading your Bible, while trying to be a part of a ministry and realizing that money's not a big part of it. And, and, you know, there's a big struggle in this because there are going to be areas where maybe you have a trade and the church wants to be will is willing to pay for that trade. And you got to make that decision. Is this something that I can comfortably do and, and get paid for and understand like, okay, this is my trade and I'm doing this in the sense that it's for God, but also for in a practical sense, it's for the people that who are willing to pay for it. Or is this just volunteer time that don't worry about it i'm just gonna do this from the bottom of my heart i'm passionate about it i consider this a ministry payment isn't necessary you know um and you know that's just it's a gray area that you have to figure out through prayer in other words the key to all of this is a prayer life if you don't have a prayer life if you're not genuinely trying to live for god and you're not live you know you're not pursuing Um, a ministry in your life then a lot of this is going to go right over your head you're not going to get it or you're going to roll your eyes at a lot of it and be like oh please you know you know people have ruined ministry for me but again that's something you don't have control over you know you quit trying to control other people's emotions and actions instead control your own you'd be surprised how sometimes simply having a good attitude and doing what you're supposed to do and and taking orders even can change other people's attitudes around you it can all of a sudden open their eyes so where they appreciate you and it can be people that you never thought would say the words i appreciate all your work you know um it could be people that you feel like are annoyed all the time and they're annoying all the time but again your attitude can absolutely change theirs uh, just control, worry about what you can control, which is yourself. And that's a big part of volunteering and ministering. So anyway, that was surprising. I'm not entirely sure where all that came from. Um, yeah, I was, I was literally just thinking about like what volunteer volunteering is like in general growing up and it kind of turned into all of that. So that's cool. All right. I'm in traffic. So, you know, let me focus on this, I guess.